Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Hey, this is David Vaughn coming to you from the Eagle's Nest at Eagle Country for another edition of Rev on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock. I'm so enjoying these conversations that I'm having with Lori, with you, with from time to time guests that we have. Our main goal is to help revolutionize your life, rev up your week a little bit, give you some insider information about uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus uh, without being weird. Uh, to, well, uh, you know, eh. odd. Maybe just a little, we might just be a little unique. Bit. You know, that's me. And also give you some insider information about our church at Whitewater Crossing, uh, which I think uh, is far from a perfect church, but there's a lot of good stuff happening there. And we are so appreciative each week of Mark Kramer and his sponsorship of this program. He's a he's a great guy too. He's unique too. Uh, but anyway, I thought uh, for at least tonight's broadcast, Lori, because you and I talk uh, off mic quite a bit about uh, what your life and others' lives and questions that real people are uh, dealing with, maybe stresses that happen, and I thought we might dedicate this show to maybe one of those questions that you might have that I bet a lot of people in Eagle Country struggle with, although they might not admit it. What do you think? Uh, I can't talk for everybody else, but I usually am one of those people that overly admits my stress and anxiety. And I think I like put it on other people because I just am freaking out all the time. So I was thinking when we were talking about our show that there might be some other people in Eagle country that have stress from day to day and anxiety like I do. And they might be looking for a better way to cope. Yeah, well, that's great. Let's jump in with that. I think you're exactly right. Most of the time, people deal with stress in a number of ways. Uh, I do think it's a high-stress world right now. Uh, I think technology has not helped stress. I think it, I don't think it's aided it. In fact, I think it has increased it. So maybe just turning off the notifications on our cell phone from time to time would decrease the stress <laughs> level of our life. I think we're a little more stressed and high anxiety, too, because of the uh, proliferation of media. And again, kind of ironic, we're coming to you via media on the radio, and we don't want you to tune us out or cut us off. But I think sometimes reducing anxiety can simply be done, and we'll talk about how Jesus can help with that, but just to sit Jesus in this Bible stuff, this God stuff aside, I think just diminishing the amount of time you spend listening to the news, watching the news, getting updates on your cell phone about the news, I think it can be very stressful and produce anxiety because we kind of think the world is falling apart. And there are some bad mm-hmm. stuff that's going down in the world. There is. Uh, but if that's all you, you feed your mind on, you're going to be more stressed, have more anxiety than ever before. Uh, so that might be just an initial thing is cut out, uh, or limit the amount of information coming to you and be very selective 
about who you allow to speak into your life on a regular basis. Uh, your mind tends to dwell on what it is fed. Uh, so that's, that's a, a, a good, probably a good place to start. There are lots of bad options to deal with stress and anxiety. I bet you mm-hmm. and I have seen that. Uh, some people go the medication route, and they look for this magic pill yep. that will solve all their problems. And those that work in the mental health care arena, my daughter being one of them in particular, that really helps people with mental health as a nurse practitioner, uh, she would tell you that medication is wonderful. I mean, we should avail ourselves of every medical uh, help that would help the synapses in our brain and those connections. But at the end of the day, there's got to be more than a medicine. Nobody gets better with a magic pill. It's usually in combination of mm-hmm. other healthy exercises, activities, disciplines, mm-hmm. the things that we're going to talk about today that will help calm us. And if we meditate on the right things, if our minds gravitate toward the right things, the phenomenon in the medical community is called mindfulness. What are you setting your mind on? And so the Bible, particularly the New Testament, would talk about setting your mind on things above, not on things below. We do a lot of setting our mind on things below. But some people go the Medicaid route, and a lot of people try to calm that voice that is restless within them by overeating, uh, by over-medicating, by alcohol. I I cannot tell you the number of people that try to drink away their sorrow or their stress. And what in reality what happens is it just compounds their stress. Oh, it delays it Mm -hmm. for a while. But uh, you cannot drink down a voice uh, of confliction, of anxiety uh, in your life for long, or you're going to have some other problems. Well, I mean, I can't even say that I'm not guilty of the latter of that in my life on this uh, journey. Um, You know, my uh, when we were talking about this topic, my mom and you know a lot about my mom, but she my whole entire life was anxious, stressed out, depressed. And the whole solution always was she was either freaking out or on, on medication and sleeping. So for me, I have the same type of stress, but I saw her take so many of these prescription pills all the time to a numbing point that I hate taking prescription medication. Yeah. I will avoid it at all costs. So I have to try to work on, and this could be other people too, finding other ways to cope with that stress and ways to decompress and breathe a little bit. And I think this is where we fall in line with the same topic on how to handle some of that stress a little more naturally. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, God made your body and mind and spirit all to work together. And so obviously those who are struggling with anxiety, stress, exercise is a a wonderful, miraculous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody should be working out, doing something regularly all the time, S- uh, having proper sleep. It's amazing what how much more productive I am and we are when you go to bed on time, when you get up on time, when you have a routine. Many people can't sleep because of the stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Again, and that vicious circle occurs. I think sometimes, Lori, that people um, do not – their self-talk is so poor – 
that they have to have stimulation from outside because they cannot literally, like in this studio, if we were, and it's kind of quiet, sound absorbent here, if we just got really quiet and really still and had no outside stimulation of any kind, a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that. A A good sign of mental health is the ability to be silent and quiet in your own thoughts and be full, fulfilled, fruitful, satisfied, cool with self. But it's a good test here in Eagle Country. You know, when this radio show is off, don't turn it off before then, but uh, when it's off, just go to a quiet place where there is no noise and see if you like it. And I think that's why people like a radio on in the background a TV on in the background, their cell phone going all the time, because they don't like the thoughts that enter their mind. Now, where does that come from? Uh, how does that? How is that addressed? Those are the things that I think Jesus specialized in. Well, that's what I think that I want all day long. Always, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go home and just like be in silence and not talk to anybody, not think. And then I get home, and you're right, I can't handle that. That lasts for all of two seconds, and then I'm already. Like work back up trying to find something to distract some of that. And these yeah. are the things you don't think about as you're doing. You can I can no. think about it now. Like I do that yeah. all the time. But in the moment, I'm not thinking yeah. and I'm not realizing that there's probably a, a deeper reason as to why I can't t- put the phone away or yeah. have the silence or just sit outside on my balcony with nothing. Yeah, I think the first step just to admit I'm in trouble and I need some help. We talk a lot at our church at Whitewater about doing life together with someone. Certainly, uh, the, the the Bible talks about how two are better than one because if, you know if somebody falls down by themselves, they got nobody to help them up. So, sharing this, being open with it to self and to others, is the first step on the road to recovery. I, I think certain uh, disciplines of prayer, of uh, reading the Bible of listening to others share their story helps reduce stress. I'm a huge fan of competent Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. Done it myself. I highly advocate everybody to do that at some juncture in their life. There's nothing bad about that. So uh, I think God will use that. So I thought maybe we'd jump into Mark f- chapter 5 because uh, this is the very thing that Jesus is dealing with with a guy and although some of you listening in Eagle Country may not be where this guy was or is, may not be this bad, there's some principles, I think, when Jesus met this guy who was demon-possessed, that some of us would say, you know, I can relate to that. Um, and some of us may not be demon-possessed. I think there are occasions where that occurs. But all of us, at some point in time, might be demon-oppressed. And um, this guy struggled with some of the issues in, even in, in, in that day. And I want you to notice some of the things that Jesus did for and with this guy because he loved him. And if you're struggling uh, this evening and you're listening to this, could I just tell you there is hope? There, there's a person named Jesus, and you got two people at least talking to you now, <laughs> Lori and David, who care deeply about you as well. You are not alone. Nope. Uh, th- we're with you. But over in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, Jesus had just calmed the storm, and he's really good at calming storms in people's lives. But it says they went across the lake to this region of the Gerasenes, and that was a like a no-no area uh, in their day. Uh, the the things that li- – it was very remote. 
on the on the they were marginalized people that lived there. In fact, it was kind of an empty place. That's where the cemeteries were located. Uh, that's where some farmers were there. In their day, a lot of what, quote-unquote, unclean people lived there. And Jesus gets out of the boat, it says, and a man with an impure spirit or a demon came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. The word bind literally means to tame. This, this is a wild man. I mean, this is the guy that your mama warned you about. Stay away from that dude. Uh, and he lived, it says, among the tombs. I think a lot of people in Eagle Country probably have at some time in their life, and maybe even right now, lived among the tombs. Here's what I mean by that. We can become so accustomed to living among dead people and dead things, with dead-end jobs, dead-end relationships, dead-end habits, and we don't even realize it, but we just get so comfortable living among deadness, we don't know what it's like to be alive. So a lot of people, when they find Jesus, they'll think, wow, I didn't know I was lost till I was found, uh, and I, how can I get out of the deadness of my life? So I would encourage you, if you're struggling with stress, anxiety, fear, these inner voices that are speaking uh, not life into you but death, you got to get some new friends you got to get some new habits. You know what I was, I was thinking about this other day? People want upside success, but they got downside habits. I think that's a lot A lot of people. And it takes some work. Not even intentional. That's, no. You know, it's, it's not a... It's natural. You don't have to work to be dead in your life. It just happens. that The, the natural gravitational pull is down. And so a lot of people, that's the, that's they've lived there for a long time. This guy lived... Think about that. He lived in the tombs. It says in verse 4, this guy had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day. Now think about how pitiful and how painful this is. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Uh, there are a lot of folks, um, a lot of young adults that still cut because they're, they're, they're so painful. And some maybe don't understand that. Uh, but there's a lot of people who cry out and no one even notices and cares. And maybe some of you are interested in this because that's you. I, like you can sink to this guy. He's lonely. Uh, he's ostracized. He's criticized. He's marginalized. Nobody cared about him ex- except Jesus. And it says when Jesus saw this guy from a distance, he he ran, this guy ran and fell on his knees in front of him. I don't know about you. If I get out of a boat and this crazy dude's running from the <laughs> tomb, I'm running the other way. I'm getting back <laughs> no, in the boat. I, no I, let's get out of here. And notice not only is he running, he's shouting. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure Spirit. Jesus wants this guy back. He's a real personal God. And I found this unique. The demons know who Jesus is. You know, they know who he is. And a lot of us resist knowing him, but the, the, even the demon world knows who Jesus is. Then Jesus asked him this is a very uh, fascinating question, powerful one, too. 
Jesus asked him, what is your name? Now, this is a principle I want to teach you tonight on Rev, that if you can name it, you can fix it. They believed in their day that if someone knew your name, they had power. They could have power over you. Uh, but if you can name it, you can fix it. A problem well defined is a problem half solved. Somebody would say. So what is it? Name it. If you're having stress, anxiety, fear, uh, we live in a nation of fear and phobia. What is it? Name it. And and get drill, drill down on it, wrestle with it. What is this problem, this demon that I'm fighting all the time? And because you're not going to fix it unless you admit it. Well, the first the first step to recovery is you know admitting and and anything is, that you've that got true? some sort of. And we will try to hide it. I've spent a long time trying to hide that, and that that makes it worse. You Absolutely. know, so I try to recognize it right away yeah. and work toward you know, overcoming sooner. And it takes a lot of humility to name it, doesn't it? Or to yep. admit it. Because we like to be self-sufficient. We don't want anybody to know our weaknesses. It comes from fear. It's fear-based. If they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. <laughs> you know, if they really knew me at that church, I they would stone me. Uh, you know, these are the fears, the phobias that the devil puts in our mind. So notice that Jesus says, what's your name? And notice they answer with a number, not a name. This is interesting. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Now, in their day, a legion was a military division in the Roman Empire. Hmm. 6,000 soldiers were in a legion. So there's at least 6,000 demons in this guy. This is no small thing. Uh, I know some of you think you have a legion of problems. You know, it's just like every day something else happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know about uh, six thousand, so yeah, maybe I feel a little bit, a little bit yeah, better. You're feeling about better myself. already, yeah, aren't you? See? About yourself. Halfway healed. Yeah, I'm halfway healed. <laughs> For we are many, and he begged Jesus again, and again, not to send him out of the area. And a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, "Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them." Uh, they kind of start negotiating with Jesus. He gave them permission, the impure spirits went out and went into the pigs, and the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. It's very interesting. The numbers are very specific. you got like 6,000 demons, 2,000 pigs. It's just like three demons per pig, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they go down into the lake and were drowned. Uh, Turns out that pigs are, you know, maybe great barbecue, but they're not very good swimmers, (laughs) you know. And what's interesting, they go in the same lake that almost swallowed the disciples when they were, the boat, you know, when they had that storm. Now the, the the lake swallows the swine, so to speak. And these are just like some crazy pigs. They're like kamikaze pigs. They just go rushing over the bank. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. I bet they did. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. Now, this is interesting. Look, look at this this uh, verse. They saw that guy sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This is the progression of life change that occurs. You sit. This guy's been running, mm-hmm. crying, screaming, running from place to place, dead tomb to dead tomb. 
He's sitting there, so he's calm. He's dressed, so he's no longer naked anymore. And he's in his right mind. There's something about stress, anxiety that starts in the mind. If you can get the mind right, everything else flows. As a man thinketh in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. So this guy's really converted. He starts thinking about the right thing. That's probably scaring people even more now. I think that's what what it's getting at. Yeah, and they were afraid. I mean, if people saw this, they were like, wow. Uh, now, I wonder, why do you think, this is a good question, why do you think the people were afraid? I mean, why, they should have been afraid before, here's this demon this guy, but now that guy who used to be so far away from God is now normal. Why would that, why would that scare people? Is that because we don't like to see other people doing better? Maybe, yes. It makes us more recognize ourselves more or just because yeah. people that are down, like misery loves company. Yeah, they do. They do. They like okay. Now this guy's different than me. Maybe there's something about me I need to change. Uh, if Jesus can do that for them, and He knows that guy, well, I wonder what Jesus is going to ask me or invite me to do. But it's all in the mind. Uh, we had a gal that we baptized not too long ago. I'll never forget this. And she delayed her baptism for a long time because she had this tattoo that said "pure evil." Honored. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful remember that gal, video. Deanna. We did a video on her. And uh, and she finally came to the conclusion, you know what? I, I'm not pure evil. I, I will let that my mind start to think that. I'm not. So she got baptized, and, and, and now she's like, you know, pure love. I mean, you know, she's a pure Christian because she got her sins got washed away. So she went from running around to sitting there, you know, dressed and in her right mind. But these people are afraid. And then this is bizarre. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and they told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. That's really bizarre to me. You mean the people asked Jesus to leave? Yeah. I mean, the very guy that can help them with their demons, their problems, their stress, their anxiety, their mental in capability, they ask him to go, and I think there are a lot of people that ask Jesus to go because the price of changing is more than they want to pay, and the comfort of today trumps the solution of tomorrow because it requires change. And I often think, Lori, that people are much more comfortable with today's problems than tomorrow's solutions when it requires them to do something and change. And we're so afraid of being weird, odd, a Christian, you know, uh, we don't like that. We don't want to be one of those people. Maybe we can do a radio show about that. (laughs) One of those people. So therefore, we resist the majesty of the offer of Jesus, and we actually disinvite him. We disinvite him to be a part of our life. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre. So notice the end of the story. Uh, As Jesus was getting back into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed, this guy that had been healed, begged to go with him. In stark contrast to the town that said, we can't get away from this guy quick enough, Jesus did not let him. This is also strange. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. 
but this is a great thing. Jesus says, you know, you're going to do more good for the kingdom and others if you go back to the people that know you best and tell your story, go home, because they, that's the they knew who he used to be, but look who he is now. Go home to your own people, tell them how much the Lord has done and had mercy on you. So you know, people might argue with your theology, but seldom will they argue with your testimony when they know who you used to be and who you are now. So we would often, uh, you know, we, we would often say to people at Whitewater, uh, uh, you know, we're not who we want to be, but thank God we're not who we used to be. Didn't that happen once when you ran into to the? Lori, who used to be the other Lori, my manager yes. from the pool yes. when I was in high school. Yeah, I know. I I, w- I ran into someone who said, that Lori in right now, that's not the Lori <laughs> that I knew back in the day in her lifeguard days. <laughs> Something has happened to Lori. She started coming to she Whitewater started, She fell that. in love with Jesus. She found a church home. Because she had some wonderful ways to describe you back then. But that's not how she describes you now. Absolutely. So uh, you can't pull the wool over people who really know you. Mm-hmm. And so, he, yeah, he sends that guy back and says, look, uh, go, go back and tell your story. So the man went away and began to tell uh, in the Decapolis, which is where he lived, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Uh, I, 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 they are. They're always amazed when Jesus gets bad things good in a person's life when he gets the wrong right. So I would just ask you in Eagle Country, what's the number one chain that's holding you back? What's holding you down? This guy had them. What's tripping you up? What is the thing that's keeping you from running to Jesus with your mental problems, the demons that are plaguing you, keeping you down? Uh, What's keeping you from following Jesus fully? What is it that, what's the stronghold uh, in your life? Uh, what is it, that, the, the dead thing that you keep hanging around, that same old, same old crowd, that same old, same old mentality? Uh, life may be a little cray-cray for you. This is a crazy guy who met a Jesus who loved him. This is the craziest. This is a lunatic. This guy Nobody had room for him, but Jesus had room for him. Our church has room for you. Uh, so no matter how crazy life can be, Jesus has this ability to come in and calm the sea, the storm, and even the dead parts of your life and turn them into living things and help others through that process. So I think in answer to your original question, long time to answer a, a, a short question, how do you deal with stress and anxiety? Uh, I think it's walking with Christ instead of navigating life alone. I think not only faith calms the storm, it calms your nerves. I think that you let the Word of God wash over your mind. And I say, what do you got to lose? I mean, some of y'all are in, like, denial in equal country. You just think that one tweak or one other thing, another relationship, another bottle, another pill— Another movie, another night of partying, another... You think just that thing there is going to fix you. I'm telling you it's not. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So why don't you give Jesus a try? What do you got to lose? Well, I know thus far for me, it's not perfect, but I haven't woke up a single day regretting 
starting to follow that relationship and have a relationship. It it's not it's going to take a little bit to get better, but it's not going to get worse. Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're not exactly where we want to be, but uh, man, I think we find it working. For every 10 people who've tried Jesus, nine would say I have no regrets. There'd be somebody who says, you know what, it didn't work for me. I have not met many who fully tried. Mm -hmm. Christianity has not been fully tried. We think we tried it, but I've never met anybody who fully tried it who went back to the old person they used to be. Uh, Again, they're not perfect, but, boy, they are farther along, and I maintain that even if this God stuff, this church stuff, this Bible stuff, this heaven stuff, this hell stuff, even if none of that is real, I think the benefits of serving and following the Bible and serving Jesus are beneficial even if there is no afterlife. I've been studying people's lives, even in my own family. I just uh, attended a, uh, a funeral gathering of my first cousin uh, just about two weeks ago who literally drank himself to death just about a year older than me. So it happens to people. It happens to families. They cannot break this cycle of insanity and sometimes depravity. And I just wish they would turn to the one who can heal them the most. And it starts in right thinking. Right living starts in right thinking. And I think a lot of people are tied to uh, the habits and the thoughts of their mind. And we on Rev, you and I, uh, through the church, we want to set people free because uh, the Bible says he that the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, and I want them to know that they're not alone. Uh, not alone out Not there. alone. Not alone. Uh, how are we doing? Pretty good? We're good. We're going to get wrapped up here soon. Yeah. I think we'll be back next week. Yeah, it, it I, absolutely, and I think it might be good to do a show on the impressions people have about being a Christian, and uh, how do we communicate things like we talk about here on the air, and communicate things faith without uh, being weird or coming across as judgmental. And uh, I, uh, I I think that we should just pray for our audience and. Uh, Maybe we can unpack some more next week. God, thanks for this uh, day when Lori and I get to chat about things that uh, I pray will be relevant for people who are listening. And Jesus had a lot to say about worry, uh, and he had a lot to say about what we think about. And I pray that we have allowed people in Eagle Country to think about something that would help them today. And I sure hope they would give it, entertain it, and give Whitewater Crossing a chance Uh, some Sunday to see if it doesn't help their stress and anxiety and pressure of their life. And so till we chat again with others and with you, we are grateful in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.